Any car brave enough to withstand a decade's worth of multi-state family voyages is worth treating to some quality parts and Napa know-how. Coolant for the Death Valley trip, wiper blades for the Pacific Northwest, air fresheners for the Southwest Chili Cook-Off. Yeah, with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your road warrior running longer, stronger, for many more vacations to come. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home every day from there. Here's Jerry Springer. Please don't get up. Please, please. This is so cool. Uh, thanks for coming, and uh, I'm not sure why I'm here yet, uh, only because, I mean, I'm told that we're starting a new podcast, and I'm embarrassed to say that, um, maybe you can help me, Gene, what, what exactly is a, a podcast? Yeah, it might be yeah. good if you knew what a podcast yeah, because I is, if you By the way, that music it. is great, so as far as I'm concerned, anytime we get really boring, just start playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that is the best thing in the world, that is great. Yeah. So what okay. what we're going to do here is roughly half hour uh, segments, yeah. uh, podcasting, as most people know, who clearly the people who've come to listen know this, but they're going through this explosion of popularity. It's appointment listening, and uh, our unique podcast will be a mix of some talk, always some tunes, yeah. and because you and I, Jerry, we're brothers from a different mother. You grew up in New York. I grew up in Cincinnati. But we really grew up in an era of folk music. Yes. Whether yeah. it was Pete Seeger and the Weavers or the, that big surge of commercial folk singers, Peter, Paul, and Mary, the Kingston Trio, Bob Dylan became a, really an important poet in our generation and a folk singer. So there'll always be that element. But the cool thing is, is that the writers we're going to feature, including tonight, Patrick Kennedy, the Red Cedars, Ben Knight in the second episode. These are people who are writing and performing folk music today. So that music that you and I grew up loving is carrying on. Now, let me add one other thing. We are at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And I will tell you, you have got to look up this place. If you're ever going down I-75 yep. through the Midwest, you have got to swing over here. It's probably five minutes off of I-75. And would you agree, Megan and Jerry, this is a place that feels like Greenwich Village. It's mm -hmm. just a, a cool, hip kind of uh, place where... Uh, and what makes this even cooler than Greenwich Village, to be honest, it's is not that... It's York. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the songs that we're going to be hearing that, that you guys have been writing, the songs of, of the people that really live in this tri-state area. Mm -hmm. I mean, much of the history of growing up in the coal mines and, you know, the rural living in Appalachia, et cetera, this is the heart of it. So it's one thing, you know, to go to Hollywood or to go to New York and get someone to write a song about, oh, the people over there, this is where the people are. And uh, so, I, frankly, I'm honored to just be here and soak up as much as I can about about the culture and everything. It's interesting you m mentioned our love of folk music growing up. Well, there's a reason it's called folk music. It's because it is the music that expressed 
the expression of just regular folks, regular people. And whenever there's a cause, where, whether it was the civil rights movement, uh, whether it was people coming out of the mines, whether it was a laboring force that was trying to organize unions, if it's regular folks that want a voice, you know, the people that worked in the, on the, in the cotton fields, you know, they sang because that was their means of communication. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that it's kind of coming back now because we're now at a time when there is a greater disparity between the few that really have a lot and the great masses that have less and less. And the more and more that all of a sudden regular people are feeling disenfranchised or, hey, who's caring about my burdens, there is the rise once again of this kind of music, of folk music, of the people's music. When, you know, today when I go and visit college campuses, you know, once in a while the college students will ask some political questions and it's, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's something they're studying. But it's not their life. When we were in our teens and 20s, politics wasn't a hobby. It wasn't just something you studied in school. It was our life. We were really going to Vietnam. We were really told which water fountain we were allowed to drink from. I mean, those things were real. And so the music that came out of the, early, the 50s and the early 60s absolutely reflected what was going on in our life. And that's why it was all so popular. And you I know, think we're starting to see that again today. As people are hurting, more and more it's going to be reflected in the music. And I think, yeah, to your point, I think it's really interesting that it's coming about now where, you know, we came out of the 90s and we had that economic boom and it was great and we were all, you know, having a great time. And now here we are again kind of taking stock and like you said, when you when things get tough, when people are struggling and really trying to connect with one another, we go back to music. Um, it's it's how we easily communicate with one another. So it's it really is exciting. And being a Northern Kentucky native, it's so great to be in Ludlow and have this kind of boom going on in Ludlow. I see it up and down the street. There's new businesses, young people. It's it's thriving again. So just to be here and be a part of that. In, and also having this amazing message and this amazing music to go along with it is really, really exciting. And by the way, that's the voice of Megan Hills. And Megan Hills is a youngish woman who youngish. is. <laughs> Very nice save there, sir. <laughs> so what does that make you, well, Gene well, Jiggery? <laughs> hey, wait, hey, wait a second. This is not my show. All right. Easy. Put down that chair. Easy. Sit down. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> it always gets down to that, doesn't it? Megan, who is 22, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, uh, and she came from theater, theater background, uh, does impersonations, uh, very clever, very funny, but then uh, got advanced degrees and now is working in business and is a consultant to uh, medical groups. And we have hired her, Jerry and I have, because he and I can't focus. We're not just not very good not at like staying on track. And and so Megan's been brought in to make sure, and you know, bringing in all of her mumbo jumbo that she learned at the university master's level to try to help us get to do also, this. Also, with some choke chains and sometimes to get on. you guys back where you So need to this be. podcast is like people can whenever they want to listen to what we're talking about. They're going to go to jerryspringer.com. And, uh, every, of course, everybody listening has already been there. Or they wouldn't be hearing it. But jerryspringer.com is the location of it. And, um, and again, it's uh, we have some upcoming things, by the way. You were talking about music. And here's a cool thing also, just one other thing about the music. The barista here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor, a young woman named Maria who is – 
early 20s and is writing she really is and, in her <laughs> writing and performing uh, Roots Music. And she will be on one of the future podcasts. We also have a guy named David Fankhauser who's going to be uh, on one of the episodes. He was a Freedom Rider, Jerry. Do you remember yes. the Freedom Riders? Sure. 1964, sure. I think, in his case. Yep. And um, he, has, he spent 42 days in Parchman Work Farm, Parchman Prison, down in Jackson, Mississippi. We're going to hear his story, but what the unique angle we're going to take is we're going to have this room full of folk singers and folk song writers, people like Red Cedars and Ben Knight and Maria and others. And David is going to sing some of the songs that they sang endlessly to get through that experience of 40 days in jail when they were down in the South trying to force public accommodations to allow black people and white people to be in the same room together, the same waiting rooms. And the music on that night are going to be all of those songs. And again, that goes Super. back to the history you were talking about. So um, what is... What are you holding? Hey, there? by the way. No, what are well, you holding? Yeah, let's not, but hold let's that not, cell phone yeah. up. This is again. Jerry Springer's cell phone. <clears throat> this is, yeah, what is, it's, the man it's a has more phone. money than God, and this is his cell phone. It's, it's what, what do you call a flip phone? Sure is. Well, you, so you, you, if you can't you see us, you can be, and I'm, and I'm not lying about this, this is God's truth. I could be in another state, <laughs> and I can call you, and I would hear you on this. Mm -hmm. You know what's really very, very be, sad about I, I, all of this it, it, is this is honestly the way the man thinks it is. Yeah. So no, this is, this is my phone. What's wrong with Well, this? you can't it see it. It fits in your pocket. Plus, you know when you hang up. All yeah. your fancy little big things here, whatever they you, you don't know when you've hung up, and you're probably still talking, or you're calling uh -huh. someone you shouldn't be talking to, and they hear everything. Yeah. This is perfect. When the call's over, it's over. It. You want to hear me <laughs> shut it? Boom. And when he makes a call, he pulls out this aerial that's about exactly. a, eight exactly. inches exactly. long, and then he talks. Yeah, but as long as it's not bad weather, you can hear. <laughs> yeah. You're standing, now, see, your car. And, you, and you were asking what this is, and, and it, it's cool yeah. because it fooled you. It looks like a cell phone. It looks oh, exactly a like cell a cell phone. phone. Do, you know what a, do you know what a crowdsourcing movement is, crowdsourcing, where people can invest, small investors like, because you live in a different, you breathe different air, but we're just regular people here. <laughs> and regular people yeah. sometimes can't get the big hot yeah. dogs, the big rich people to invest in their ideas. So yeah. crowdsourcing, like Kickstarter is an example. This is a crowdsource project, yep. and it's called You Lie. You so lie. it's capital U hyphen and then the word L-I-E, like telling a lie. Yeah. And what this is, a guy, the guy sent it to me. He was hoping that we would promote it on the air. And this ULI thing is designed to look like a cell phone so I could be holding it in my hand yeah. as I'm buying a used car. And the way it works, or, or any other kind of transaction where I want to see if somebody's lying. And that can tell you if the guy's it lying can. when he studies your voice? It picks up voice timber and what the researchers call voice stressors. So you can tell if, 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 if somebody's lying. You know how when you, when you lie, your voice goes way up? <laughs> way high. Did you ever notice that? Maybe you never noticed that. I never lie. No, okay. <laughs> like, I've asked you questions about, well, here's an example. I, I've asked you, I haven't turned this on yet, but I've asked you questions don't. in our friendship. <laughs> yeah. What if, what, you... Not a good idea. You don't, that shouldn't be out there. What, well, what, look, what, here, what, let me ask, let me ask you a question. Are you, are you proud of the, are you proud of the cultural impact of your television show? I am so proud of what my show. Now you see what that's doing? 
<laughs> no, did you see what that did? Wait. That picked up. I turned this on. No, what that my does. TV show does some good. It do see what this does? <laughs> no, what this does, Jerry, this we picks help up. people. Yeah. Okay, I got, I got one for you, Gene. Okay, yes. so honestly, you're friends with Jerry Springer because you respect him and you're not a pathetic hanger-on or anything. Well, <laughs> because we you don't respect even have to wait for him. <laughs> because I, you respect I am and admire not, I, him. I, Gene Galvin, just so yeah. it's very clear, Let's see if this works. am not jealous of Jerry Springer's economic success. <laughs> I am not. I am not. Turn the thing off. Well, well. Now, that could be very dangerous. Well, how do you test it? Well, well here, here's what I did. I played audio off of YouTube earlier yeah. today because yeah. this just came today, UPS. Yeah. And I played audio from both Bill O'Reilly yeah. oh, of his newscast. Oh, it was going off like crazy. And yeah, I played yeah, it for think. Brian Williams. Oh, did it go off Yeah, him? it went off like oh. it was insane. So uh, so he's not going to get to be back as the anchor unless that stops doing that. This is perfect. Yeah. If we could use it on my show. I'm serious. Oh, for the love of oh, God. yes. <laughs> Never mind who's your daddy. We could... <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, could, someone could be, oh, it's great. They start talking. <laughs> oh, this is okay, oh, Jerry, I'm 25 ask you another more one. years. So on. do you truly admire and respect Gene Galvin? No, I do not. There we go. And, yes, it, and it didn't make a sound. <laughs> it never Excellent. made a sound. It seems to work. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, okay. Uh, hey, speaking of that, how we got this idea? We should talk a little about that. Sure. No, no, you talk. I didn't mean that. Well, no, th this whole thing came from Jerry and I have been seriously hanging around f since like 1970. Yes. And, um, and so we were thinking, and I'll be honest, my hope, and maybe Megan, you share this, if this podcast could be successful... And I don't think it's too much for me to ask this, and you can jump in on this too if you want, Megan, that if we could somehow hang on to Jerry Springer's celebrity and success Co and man. simply Just get a dignified retirement is all I want. If, really? I could, all, if I could just get enough money to grow some, some food in the backyard yeah. for my own food is all I want. So, uh, I've got and by the debt. way, here's something that I should you mention. You are the reason Medicare is losing support. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> People are saying, what's the point? <laughs> if this is who we're saving. You're... Let it go. Really? Just let it go. I, yeah. I, got on, I got on... I've never flown on your plane. I've never, ever flown on any of your airplanes. Yeah. I can only wish one day I could. But I actually went on your plane the other day. Yes. And my first wife, Bonnie, is here yes. in the audience. And she'll attest to this. The interior... This is serious. The interior of your airplane is larger than the square footage of the home that we live in. And that is the truth. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? Yeah, I think that is uh, wrong. <laughs> no. No. That I mean, he's yeah, coming. We're talking have to, about kind of. You have to kind yeah. of turn it on. Old you know, school, this and that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and and well, uh, you know, maybe maybe we could pass the hat afterwards for you to get Possibly. you a bigger to get go. you a bigger room. And, and by yes. the way, where this came from was just something that we wanted to do together and have some fun doing. And we struggled. We started off with this concept of liberals always win. And I'll tell you where that came from. Jerry gives a speech. For people who don't know, Jerry was a council member, city council member in Cincinnati. He was the mayor of the city of Cincinnati. 
He ran for governor in 1982 in the Democratic primary, then went into the news business, took the third place newscast to the first place position, eventually got his uh, television show. Everything and, has been a step up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives a speech around the country, which I 100% agree with, which is liberals always win. At the end of the day, the progressive position, speak yeah. to that for a yeah. second, because it's a and very that, interesting viewpoint. At least from my point of view, that is not, uh, now we're not joking. And really, that was the real idea we thought when we were talking about this subject, how liberals always win, um, wouldn't that be a great idea for, for a podcast or a radio show or something like that? And we didn't want it to be always political and always that because, you know, people kind of zone out if you're just talking politics. So that's where we started to say, well, let's have the music of what we're talking about and then we'll joke around. And that's where the tomfoolery came in. But the concept of liberals always win. You know, for years I go, I get, because I'm this lefty, I get asked to be on these various cable news shows, usually the real conservative ones because they like to beat up on me. And I, like many people who are more moderate or liberal in their thinking, you know, first you start screaming at the television set because you get so ticked off about this constant bashing and how America is really a conservative country and we're, you know, we're are becoming more and more right-wing and, you know, those crazy flaky lefties, those liberals, you know, we're kind of laughed at. And I just thought about it because I, I read history like a lot of people do. And I say, excuse me, liberals always win. We always win. It doesn't happen instantly. It Sometimes there are battles and there are losses along the way, but in the end, Everything America is proud about today, in the beginning, conservatives fought it, eventually the liberals won, and now it's mainstream America and we brag about it. In the beginning, I mean, you could go back 150 years ago, in the beginning, the conservatives wanted to support slavery. Liberals fought against it, eventually we eliminated slavery. In the 20th century, it was the civil rights movement. Conservatives fought against it, Ultimately, liberals won to the point that we now have an African-American president. In the beginning, the uh, conservatives fought against uh, decent wages, decent working conditions for regular people. The unions organized, fought for it, and now it's unheard of that you would have a job that wouldn't, you wouldn't have a paid, that you wouldn't have a vacation, that you don't have benefits and stuff like that. In other words, that's become mainstream. Uh, women's rights. Uh, the conservatives fought against women's rights, and now we may, our next president may be a woman, and certainly things are getting better. It's not equal, equal pay, equal work yet, but clearly it's getting closer and closer. So whether it's women's rights and now gay rights. When I started my TV show in 1991, I started it across the river here in Cincinnati, and there were protesters outside of our TV station because one day we did a show on interracial marriage. And there were protesters. And now we have a president of the United States who is the product of an interracial marriage. I mean, talk about how things change. So ultimately, in the end, whether it was with the Vietnam War, whether it's, as I said, civil rights, labor rights, workers' rights, women's rights, gay rights, does anyone seriously believe? And I'm not saying it, everyone's in favor of it. I am saying that in the end, Society, 
and particularly America, will always become more liberal because we all instinctively would like to be free. We'd like to be able to live our own lifestyles as long as we're not hurting somebody else. It is the correct way to go, and we all know that. You can go into the most conservative neighborhood in America. Take this area. You can go into the most conservative neighborhoods you find, and the richest neighborhoods. And if I can talk to their kids, their kids are watching the same movies, listening to the same music, having the same lifestyle, interracial marriage, gay marriage, all this kind of stuff. They're all adopting it. So those who keep fighting and saying, no, this is a conservative country, wrong. Totally wrong. And the economic issues. The conservatives fought against Social Security. And now you talk to any senior citizen and talk about taking away Social Security. Are you serious? The conservatives fought against Medicaid, Medicare. You can't take these things away from the American people all the time. So that's the end of the speech. But it is gospel. It is true. When you watch some of these cable shows and they drive you crazy, take a deep breath and just say, whoa, in time, in time, liberals always win. It- yes. <clears throat> and let me, if I could, let me throw one more issue in. And I know our audience. I know these people, literally some of them, and uh, generally. And I know that no one here would or ever has smoked a marijuana cigarette. I know that. (laughs) However, (laughs) 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 but take that issue. Yes. Ohio was about to face a vote on that. Uh, probably in November, and on a future podcast, a few podcasts down the line, we're going to have the representative from Responsible Ohio, which is the organizing group for that, driven largely by corporate people, by some of the people you know, Jerry. Bo Wood is an investor. Oscar Robertson, the uh, famous, in my opinion, the best basketball player that ever lived. Uh, So even that issue, whether or not people want to get high or not, it just keeps moving forward to the progressive position. You know, the other thing I'm always excited to hear, and I had the pleasure of working with Gene and Jerry about 10 years ago, and I always get excited when I hear Jerry talk about this stuff because there's some pride, and there, you know, I think as liberals, we tend to shy away from controversy, and we tend to shy away from stating our opinion vehemently and, and with gusto, and I love hearing Jerry talk about that. When we, We're afraid to say that we're correct. We're afraid to say, without a doubt, you're wrong on this issue, and I love that there is a platform, and we've got people that are, read, that were, are ready to stand up and say, no, this is the right way. People deserve the rights that we're talking about. And um, your mom and dad, I know, love this too, her mother <laughs> and father, her mom so and dad. So my parents are, are very conservative. Um, however, however, they're um, very open, I would say open-minded insofar as my dad is a very fiscal Republican, um, but socially really could care less, um, really wants yeah. people, you know, really truly believes, live your life. Um, um, my mother is, <laughs> she said she grew up, she grew up a Democratic Catholic kick kiss the picture of Jesus and the Pope every night before she went to bed, and now she is a Republican with my father and my sister, God help us all, is yep. absolutely so ashamed of me she can't see straight. So, <laughs> And thinking about becoming Jewish. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can we uh, what? Yeah. invite Red oh, Cedars, please? Let's do some music. Yes, yeah. yes. If, if you guys are ready, uh, let me introduce 
Patrick Kennedy uh, and uh, Dinah DeVoto, and they are a folk singing duo, roots music duo called Red Cedars, and they're going to sing a song that Pat wrote, and we're going to chat about it after he's done. So whenever you guys are ready. Jerry, yeah. that song, I think, is good like the songs we used to hear back in the 1960s and 70s, etc. Absolutely. That's a song that's like, and it's the same theme, Dark as a Dungeon, yep. uh, Cold Tattoo, Billy Ed Wheeler. That's a quality song. This is what we want to be doing partially is focusing on and highlighting performers like this and writers like this. This music is very alive. That's well, a good example if, of it. If people listening to this podcast, if they're writers out there and they're writing music like this, we'd like to hear it. You can come on. If the, you come to our website, jerryspringer.com. And you come down here and you play it. We'll play it. Well, the thing you do is we've got a little segment there, a button called Songwriter Stump. And that's how you get in touch with us. 
Casey Campbell, who is here tonight, who is, has become our music coordinator. He's awesome. And he is the person you'll interface with, and we will uh, have a conversation with you. And there's a chance that if you're coming through town, for sure, and we may even do this some remotely if you're in Idaho or Delaware, yeah. of being of sending us your music via an MP3 file and talking with us over the phone even. But this is partially what terms. we want to do. Can you get that on this? Uh, <laughs> this? No. Again, he holds up his flip phone with that long aerial that you pull out, and then he always pushes it back down before he flips it closed. You know, it's this... better than the other one that he had to use the pen to turn yeah. on. He had a Nokia, I'm not kidding you, a block Nokia phone, and this was in 2005. Yeah. Um, and the, I mean, we were turned it on and off with a pen. It was so What you had to do. <laughs> the button <laughs> fell off. Had to do it. You Let's talk about their song. Yeah, it's your song, autobiographical? Is, I mean, what No. Uh, what uh, was behind the writing of it other than the major so issue? A, a friend of mine uh, was putting together a benefit. Uh, his name's Mark Utley. He yeah. uh, has a really good band uh, called Magnolia Mountain in this area. And he was putting together a benefit to raise awareness for mountaintop removal. And he asked local artists to submit a song for a compilation CD. And uh, he asked the Red Cedars to submit a song. So. And what caused you to write that particular song? Well, I was having trouble with uh, ideas because there's so many minor songs out there. And uh, I heard a uh, radio show on NPR that was talking about a mine in Bolivia, a silver mine that's been mined since the 1600s. And they call it uh, the men that... Uh, Mine I call it Mount that eats men yeah, because there's it's been like I think they estimated eight million people have uh, miners have died in it since well, the 16th century, and there's still the descendants of the slaves that uh, mined it. They're still mining it. Their life expectancy is like 40 years old, and oh. just uh, it's just that cycle of having to watch your dad and grandpa. So I, from that perspective, and you know, and I've heard it a number of times. I kind of hang out down here. This to me is. Uh, like a barber shop, this coffee mm -hmm. parlor. I'm just down here hanging out all the time, and there's uh, great people here. Well, it's because your home is so small, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is you way bigger than my home. Yeah. Your your uh, your home is so small, you got to step outside to change your mind. Hey. Oh. <laughs> hey. And uh, don't look at me. It's <laughs> you. And I, I've, heard, I've heard this song a bunch of times, and what's really cool about it, Patrick, to me, just to give you some feedback as a person that likes this kind of music, is that when I hear you and Dinah sing, it sounds like it's a song about uh, a deep mine in Appalachia, in West Virginia, or mm -hmm. Kentucky, or wherever. And so you took something that was inspired by a Bolivia situation mm -hmm. and kind of brought it into the culture that we're more familiar with. And I compliment you for doing it. I think that really makes it good. And by the way, mountaintop removal is a topic that, with no pun intended, we're going to dig into in a future podcast. That's a crucial issue in this area where we live. Megan and I are both Kentuckians. Jerry's wife was born and raised and lived through into, uh, into college uh, in Cynthiana, Kentucky. So all three of us have some roots, some tentacles that go into Kentucky. It's an amazing song. Good work. Yeah. And you got where can you guys be heard? Around Cincinnati, if anybody's around here. 
Uh, yeah, we uh, actually we're going to be playing at the College Hill Coffee Company this Friday. Okay. Uh, we like the coffee shops and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, libraries. Uh, also, some of our uh, favorite things to do are the music festivals. Um, uh, Imago has a Music of the Woods in September. We are generally there. Hope to be invited back to the uh, Whispering Beard Folk Festival. And. Uh, <laughs> um, Yes. Good. And we're going to talk more about the Whispering Beard Folk Festival. These are some teases of things that will be coming up because uh, Big Dan, who is brother of um, Matt Williams, and those folks are the ones who put together the Whispering Beard Folk Festival and Casey Campbell's involved in Friendship Indiana every August. And it's growing into something, Jerry, that's not unlike in the old days and still exists, I think, the Newport Folk Festival and other sure. folk festivals that happen, Asheville, North Carolina, etc. I'm telling you, Ludlow, Kentucky, and this place is important in the Roots Music Circuit. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're so excited to be doing this podcast here to try to help grow this awareness of that. And maybe we can ask them to take us out of this first episode with a song, Jerry, that you and I know, knew back to the time of the Weavers, yes. which is Irene Goodnight. And the, I have to admit, the reason I started playing it as a kid... Uh, was because it was G, C, and D7. It was the three chords I knew. <laughs> but I wasn't old enough yet to understand it. So. And we're going to ask everybody to sing along with this. It's oh, easy it's to know. It's song. easy to pick up on the uh, chorus. If the congregation will please turn to page 15. <laughs> Amen. Amen. been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, sponsored by the Folk School Coffee Corner in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Hope to see y'all again real soon.
On January 24, 2006, 24-year-old Jennifer Kessie was reported missing when she failed to show up for work. The only lead in the case? A mysterious person of interest captured on video leaving her car. To this day, that person and Jennifer's whereabouts are still unknown. Unconcluded is a real-time investigative podcast taking another look. You can subscribe or listen on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app.